Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study, and I'm so glad that you are here today. Praise the Lord. Let's take our Bibles and go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Meet me in verse 13, and let's talk about God's secret seed lab. Woo, praise God. This is a laboratory you want to take a peek into. All right, let's pray. Father, as we're going into your word, we thank you that your word, in a sense, is a seed bank, and we ask for revelation knowledge of this. Father, not just intellectual information, but knowledge that we can appropriate, that we can work, and that it will work for us. Now, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I'm so glad that you're here today. Verse 13, these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches concerning spiritual things with spiritual. So there is knowledge that's spiritual that is dispensed by the Holy Spirit. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. I want to talk today along the lines of, of one primary thing, and I'll mention a second one, but a primary thing that it takes the, the wisdom of God to be able to pick it up because it is the wisdom of God, but in the world it would be considered like foolishness. Somebody that's not saved it's not really going to get it. Why? It's spiritually discerned. And I want to talk about this today. Praise the Lord. Now, the world system, the economic system, uh, operates on worldly economic principles. And economics basically would mean the science of wealth. And the study of economics was something that was furthered by Aristotle right around the time of 387 B.C., and he wrote different books and different uh, articles on the subject of economics and what wealth is, you know, like supply, demand, price, and things along that line. So that began to bring forth a more scientific approach to the world of economics. Now, we know it simply as, you know, like the price of gas, how much it is a gallon, or how much a gallon of milk is. And, you know, I looked out of the window of my home just a couple of days ago and noticed that my neighbor was having a garage sale. So, yeah, you look at economics like, uh, you know, buy low, sell high, and stuff like that. But we can have a grasp on that world system of how that works. But God also has appointed the church to operate on a higher level which is seedonomics. And seedonomics will affect economics in your life in a very, very fruitful and positive way. But because this is Holy Spirit wisdom, uh, not everybody picks up on it or has the frequency of faith, even within the church, to tie in to uh, the kingdom standard. You know, we are the seek first the kingdom of God and the ways of God. The kingdom of God consists of the principles, the methods of operating in the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God's Son. So these are discoveries that we make in the Word, and as we live by them, 
it not only provides a lifting up, but it is a very secure lifting up. It, it's established. It's solid. Praise God. The, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. So God's lifting up is sorrow-free, anxiety and worry-free. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So the church is supposed to be operating on seedonomics. Now, I want to put an image up on the screen. Let's pop that up now. My friends, what you're looking at is the outside exterior of the Global Seed Bank. There's about 1,700 of these type of seed banks around the world. This one is probably the most famous. Uh, this is built uh, under the jurisdiction of the government of Norway, and it's, it's north of Norway on an island, and it's uh, far north, not quite all the way to the Arctic Ocean or to the Arctic Poles. Uh, it actually does uh, to, you know, extend into the Arctic Ocean, but it's in a very, very remote place. Let's go to the next outside picture. Probably the only people hanging around out there would just be visitors. Uh, there are some tours that are given of this global seed bank uh, at times to uh, special people or maybe journalists who have permits, but about the only really ones out there pretty much most of the time are just polar bears. <laughs> this is a very remote spot chosen intentionally for this location, and that structure that you're seeing actually goes back into the mountain hundreds of feet so they put this World Seed Bank in a place that is out of the way of, you know, preferably natural disasters, and it's in a very safe spot. The mountain uh, is made of rock. Sandstone, not too hard, but, you know, they had to basically dig into rock to put this global seed bank, and uh, there's a lot of seeds in there. Let's take a look at some of the seeds in these uh, tubes. And they're, uh, some are also sealed in airtight packets. And if you look carefully at one of the uh, tubes, it's got a, a German-colored uh, flag ribbon around it. So these are seeds from all over the world. Many of these seeds are now extinct. Many of them are heirloom seeds. There are, uh, are now actually over 2 million different types of seeds. I think they're right now at about 2.2 million seeds. So this is the seed collection of global humanity dating back to the creation of the world, uh, ancient seeds, modern day seeds. Although when I say modern, there are no hybrid and there are no GMO seeds allowed in this seed bank, which is a good thing. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute because uh, for those of you that are outside of the U.S., here in America, there are allowed certain GMO-type foods, and they tell us that it's okay to eat them. But those are companies that have proven over the decades that they put profits before people, the, the well-being of people, which is why in Norway, GMO food is completely banned as well as throughout the EU. Praise the Lord. But this is where they keep it, and uh, very nice, safe place. Uh, seed packs. Uh, let's take another picture, and uh, you'll see the, uh, the seeds in their little packs. And uh, this, by the way, is a very secure facility. Check that out. Top notch. You just can't walk in and say, I'd like to see what you've got in here. Uh, so you have all of these uh, encased, you know, airtight, uh, seed packets, and they are behind bars, so to speak, 
and they are kept very, very safe. Praise the Lord. By the way, you know, some of those seeds in there are over a hundred years old and they are just as vibrant as they could be. They're kept very dry and very cold, but the moment you put them in soil and put some water in there, I'm, I tell you what, they're ready to grow and they're all healthy and ready to grow. But by the way, the number one type of seed that they have in there are the many variants of rice. Okay. Praise God. So this is all very interesting. You know, it was, it wasn't too long back when they did a study in New York City with some of the school children in elementary and also junior high schools, and uh, they brought some crops in from the farm, and they asked the children, where do these crops come from? And they like, would give like an example like corn on the cob. Where does this come from? And the children would say, from the grocery store. <laughs> and the teacher would say, you know, who's working with the farmer to try to educate them in this, they would say, but before it got to the grocery store, where did it come from? Did this grow on a tree or did it grow out of the ground on a plant? And you know what? The kids didn't know. So today they've made a lot of progress in places like Jamaica, New York and other places uh, where they are trying to teach the children uh, a love for nature, a love for seeds and how this works. And I'm happy to see that because a lot of them have really gotten into it and uh, they're growing their own little crops and they're learning uh, these types of things about seed time and harvest. My, my friends, we must grasp the biblical concept of sowing and reaping and also the Bible calls it seed time and harvest. Now, in the modern church today, in the Western church, because, you know, I, that's the part of the world that I live in here in America. In the modern church today, there's two areas that modern preachers are very embarrassed about and are, are ashamed for the most part to talk about. The number one thing is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. They don't want anybody in their modern, clean, sterilized churches to ever be seen, especially if the cameras are on them. Don't let anybody ever be seen talking in tongues. We don't want that. We relegate that now to back, dark, dingy rooms, or maybe don't even do it at all. So the modern church has come, has become completely embarrassed of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now I'm Pentecostal to the roots. And uh, so I'm going to do it right out in the open, get people filled with the Spirit right out in the open, and I want the cameras rolling, and I want it to go as uh, far as possible, uh, you know, with people seeing that. I'm actually promoting that because I still believe that Acts chapter 2 is in the Bible. And I know there's many other good preachers that do, but as far as mainstream, uh, many preachers are completely embarrassed about that. Anything to do with the Holy Spirit, especially like maybe uh, the power of the Spirit to cast a demon out, oh Lord forbid, don't let anybody see that. Get that in the back room, or better yet, let's not even do it at all. Just let them stay possessed. <laughs> <laughs> that's really sick, isn't it? But that's the way a lot of these uh, uh, sterilized preachers have become. Now, the second one, and it's, it, it is just as, uh, it's just as bad. The second one uh, that, the second thing that gets pushed off to the back room is the area of teaching on biblical economics. Now watch this. 
I'm going to go further. Not just biblical economics, but the economics of seedonomics, which is sowing and reaping. They don't want to teach that. Why? They know that the devil persecutes ministers that teach seed time and harvest. They'll even let you talk about you don't have your finances in order. You know, they'll let you talk about setting a budget, but they, the moment you start teaching on seed time and harvest that you can sow and reap, although it's farmers do it every day, if you dare to do it in the church, uh, you're instantly branded as maybe like a word of faith, like a you know, way out there type person or something like that. So guess what? They don't talk about it. Or if they do, maybe again, Put it over in the side room over there somewhere with tongs and deliverance and stuff like that. We don't want anybody to hear us ever talking about that. Why? It's controversial. Or you better believe it is because the devil doesn't like it. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. Amen. So uh, there is a, uh, an ashaming uh, of this within the modern day church. But let me show, I want to show you another picture in just a moment, but let me say this. You have got to protect your seed. Why? Your seed is your future. This is, by the way, the ultimate seed bank. This is the seed lab that you need to be getting into. But many of the principles of the kingdom, they're spiritual. It's almost like they're a secret. If you're not a spiritual person, you flat out can't pick up on it. And that, it's like that across the board in the kingdom. I remember decades back when Prophet Kenneth Hagin, this was going, you know, let's go back maybe like 50, 50 years or so. Prophet Kenneth Hagin uh, was very upset about the way ministers, when they would make a mistake and maybe they would confide in another minister and then that minister would just go blab it everywhere. And the next thing you know, that the minister that had fallen and was trying to maybe find his way back on track and was seeking help, but uh, it just got spread. And then before you know it, it's, uh, he can't recover. And then the next thing you know, the, the poor guy's out of the ministry. And Kenneth Hagin was like, well, how come we as ministers cannot restore other preachers who have problems? And he went to the scriptures. It says, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. And he was talking with the Lord about that in prayer. And the Lord said, how come? And Brother Hagin said, Lord, how come we can't restore these ministers? And we end up losing them from the ministry. And the Lord said, well, your answer is in that verse. And he reread it again. And he said, Lord, I don't get it. And the Lord said, the answer is in that verse. And he went with, he kind of went through that with the Lord about three times. And the Lord kept saying, your answer is in the verse. And then he finally caught it. You who are spiritual, restore such a one who has fallen. Look, if you're not spiritual, you won't. You'll think it's funny. You'll, you'll lie. You'll, go to, you'll, you'll get on the phone. And within three hours, six people know about it. And with tw within 24 hours, it's, uh, it's, like it's coming up on the Google News feed. <laughs> oh, wow. That, that's, if you're carnal, you cannot restore. Uh, you, you might be jealous, so you might even delight in their fall. Uh, maybe you look at it as a fellow minister as competition, so maybe you're glad they're out. But but if you're spiritual, you're grieved and you're saddened, and uh, you never want to shoot the wounded within the church. You want to love people, reach out to people, and when people come to me and they confide to me in, or 
into my wife uh, about maybe things they've gotten tangled up in and they want to repent and get out. I tell you, we hear it. We hear their confession. And within a few hours, it's out of my mind. I'll never repeat it to anybody. I'll never, I'll never utter it to anybody. Uh, they just wanted to confess. And uh, once they've done that, it's under the blood, and I get them back on track and get them established, praise God. I'm not on the phone calling another uh, news organization and saying, you wouldn't believe what so-and-so told me today. I'd rather drop dead than do something uh, as evil and as wicked as that, praise the Lord. Well, my friends, uh, you've got to protect your seed. Let me put uh, an image up on the screen right now. This is one of our U.S. seed vaults. This one, by the way, is in Colorado. Well, Pastor Stephen, I think I'll just go in there and take a look around. Uh, you just you can't just walk in there, and you certainly can't start uh, just grabbing things. They're under uh, lock and key. They're they're vaulted. They're protected. Why? Your your seed is your future. Praise God. So you've got to learn to protect your seed. We are talking about spiritual things. I don't expect everybody to jump up and say, I understand it because it is a spiritual law of the kingdom. But when, when the light of it kicks in, you realize that in many situations, this is your way out. And Paul, the preeminent teacher uh, of the, uh, you know, the early church, he taught this to the Macedonian Christians while they were in poverty, and they caught the revelation, and they realized that their seed is their way out of poverty. And look what happened. We see it in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Let's go over to uh, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Now, this is a grace that came on the churches, the, the Christians there in Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing. In other words, they were freely willing to give into this offering, imploring us with much urgency, that we would receive the gift. Praise the Lord. You know what? The devil, he wants you to operate only in economics, but he does not want you to get into biblical principles that we could call seedonomics. And they're actually asking Paul, can you receive this gift? And they're poor. They are in very dire poverty. Now here's, here's what the modern day preacher would do. And he would probably get a YouTube reel of him saying this so that he looks holy and he could put it on YouTube. He would probably say, Oh no, you don't need to give that because you have so little, you keep it for yourself. You know what that is? That's arrogance and pride. And you know what it also is? Can I tell you what it also is? It's, it's humiliating the poor. It's degrading them in their low condition and saying your offering's too small for us to receive. And that embarrasses people. And that's wrong to do the people. And they're saying, can, can, you, can you receive it? Can you, can you take it? And Paul said, yes. Now the modern day preacher would say, oh, 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 no, no, you're so poor. Keep it, keep it. But they knew this is how you come out of poverty. And they sowed their way out. They gave their way out of poverty. Why? 
did Jesus say, you'll always have the poor with you? Why did he say that? I, I even meet people in the church that think that you can fix prov- uh, poverty by, um, like, by having like global welfare programs. It's never going to work. You cannot fix pro- uh, poverty, uh, I would say, like in this dispensation. Now, we, well, let me just explain why. It's a spiritual problem. It has a spiritual root, and until you fix the spiritual root, you can't you can't make it go away. You can throw all the money at it you want. There's one continent that has had billions and billions thrown at it, and it all went to dictators. They were supposed to use it to feed their people. What did they do? They didn't care at all about their people. Let them die. Let them starve. They didn't care at all. <laughs> and they used it for their personal enhancement and didn't lose a wink of sleep over it either. <laughs> why? Pastor Stephen, why is that? Because there's a devil out there that influences evil people to do evil things. Mm-hmm. That's not right. No, of course it's not right. And until Jesus comes back in the millennium reign and he, ru- he runs this world the way it's supposed to be run, which is the rooting out of corruption and things like that, you, you can't fix it. But if you can get the teaching of the word of God, which is seed, if you can get the seed of the word of God into the heart of a believing recipient, then you can change their story. Then they can experience turnaround. And you can imagine Paul, I mean, teaching the, the great teacher, Paul, listening to him talking about giving and receiving. And they wanted to get involved in giving, not, not just giving, giving and receiving. See, the church will leave you alone. The persecutors will leave you alone if all you talk about is giving. But if you talk about giving and receiving, suddenly the devil gets very aggravated. Why? That's how you come out. And that's how the Christians in Macedonia came out of dire poverty. They gave their way out of it. They sowed their way out of it. Woo! Praise God. Amen. It's a dangerous message, isn't it? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -mm. How do you think I got out of the mess I was in decades back? Living. Can you believe it? Can you believe some of you don't know my testimony? I used to live in a cardboard box. I used to be homeless. I fell in between the cracks of society. I was like gone. I couldn't I had no, this was before cell phones. My parents didn't know what happened to me. Nobody knew what happened to me. I, I reached out to a spirit-filled pastor, very good pastor, but he had some wrong theology. I said, hey, things are really going wrong for me. And he said, Brother Stephen, that's God's plan. You're going through a Job experience. Just cooperate with it. And I didn't have enough sense to know it was the devil's plan, and the devil was trying to destroy my life. And through a series of sequenced events of the enemy, I found myself in a very destitute position, living out of a cardboard box. No hope. And you know what happens after a few months? You drop off. You don't, I didn't even know what day it was. I'll go further. I didn't even know what month it was. <laughs> I was literally living day by day. Well, Pastor Stephen, you're doing pretty good now. You're on television in 200 nations. You have a beautiful wife, wonderful children, got a nice home, and you kind of, it seems like you're kind of gotten away from that. Yeah, I would say so. How did I get out of it? I gave my way out. 
I went to a church meeting. The last $4 I had in my pocket, the Holy Spirit told me to give it. Can you believe that? There'd be people today that would get mad at the Holy Spirit. How dare the Holy Spirit tell a starving uh, homeless man to give his last $4? Why, why do people get upset? Let me say it like this. The parables have secret meanings, hidden meanings, hidden on purpose. And you can't catch it if you're not spiritual. To the degree that Jesus said, if you don't understand the parable of what? The sower. If you don't understand the parable of the sower, he said, you're not going to understand any of them. You're not, even, even the simple one, like the good Samaritan, you may think you understand it. But if you don't understand the granddaddy of them all, the parable of the sower, even that one, you're going to misinterpret. Woo! Woo! Glory to God! Now think about these types of things. Amen. I gave my last $4. God did an incredible miracle, turned my life around. I gave my way out of a cardboard box. I didn't have the government come help me. By the way, if you're waiting for the government to help you, maybe they'll give you a free block of cheese. Maybe they'll give you a free tub of peanut butter, but don't, don't expect for too much more. Okay. Maybe, maybe they'll give you a cheap cell phone probably won't work very good either. <laughs> but this is your way out. Thank God for the ministers in Africa, the great men of God like Bishop David Yedipo and others, uh, 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 General Overseer Enoch Adeboye and others who caught the revelation that we need to not be looking for handouts from America, but we need to get into the Word of God and work this and sow our way out and it's no accident. You know it's not luck that those men are some of the wealthiest preachers in the world today, in some of the hardest economic soil on the face of the earth, and they're flourishing. <laughs> the covenant has no respect for the geography or where you, the covenant doesn't care what economic uh, cycle is going on. The covenant of God is impervious to all of that. It's bulletproof, but it's based on the laws of seed time and harvest. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, by the way, and that little uh, church meeting that I went to when I gave my last $4, thank God. I will eternally thank God for the man of God running that, that meeting who said, let's receive an offering who wasn't a modern day preacher who would say, let's just put a bucket in the back. And if you want to give something or not, uh, it's back there. Why does he do that? Cause he doesn't have the guts to teach you laws of seed time and harvest. Cause he's afraid people are going to make negative comments about him on YouTube. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Amen. I love what Smith Wigglesworth said one time. He said, you've never been to a Pentecostal meeting unless an offering is received. It ain't Pentecost if you don't receive an offering. <laughs> we had a good meeting. Did they receive an offering? No. Then it's not a full meeting. You got a half loaf of bread, brother. <laughs> and no, you didn't escape from something. You missed something. You missed an opportunity to sow. Mm, mm, mm. Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. See, the church has been treating the subject of seed time and harvest like the, uh, the ugly sisters were treating Cinderella, jealous of her, didn't like her. 
didn't understand her. So what do they do with her? They put her over in a room by herself and they leave her so she can't go to the party to meet the prince. And they're all walking around with their ugly selves thinking that somehow it's going to work for them. But she's the one that's got the calling. She's the one that's got the gifting and the anointing. And so she ends up, she ends up uh, meeting the prince and the prince falls madly in love with her. And she's the only one, by the way, that can turn the pumpkin into the carriage pulled by the white horses. <laughs> Let the scoffers scoff. Let the critics criticize. They've, they've been doing that for years. They're pretty good at it. But, but you move on, praise God. It's like they say in, in Korea, uh, the dog may bark, but the train still leaves the station. Amen. Let, let the glory train move on right on the train of God's blessing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings 17. Let's drop down today to verse 11. Praise the Lord. Verse 11. As she was going to get it, he called to her. This is the story of the widow woman and Elijah the prophet. As she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. Only a handful, handful of flour in a bin and a little jar of oil. That's understandable. After all, Elijah the prophet is the one that spoke the utterance that sealed up the heavens, and now there's been a severe drought. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Just, she's like, there's no rain, and all the food, all the crops are dead, and everybody's eating through their, their savings, and this is now the last meal. I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, and a little oil in a jar, and see, I am gathering a couple of sticks, that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. See, there's a spirit of fear that causes people not to give. That is a spirit of fear. Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first. And bring it to me, and afterwards make some for yourself and your son. Now you stop and think about that just for a moment. Remember, the, this is the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. These are biblical principles of seedonomics that override economics. And you could only imagine today if this story got out in the news. Prophet takes poor little old widow woman's last meal and demands to eat it himself. Wow, You're, you'd have people so mad probably trying to track down the prophet and maybe stone him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But my friends, that is her way out. That is her way out. Mm -mm. You know, many of those that criticize God's system of biblical economics, they get bit they, now, they won't admit it, because then that, that would mean that, like, it's not working for them. But I've seen it behind the scenes. I've seen people criticize the Holy Word of God, and then they get bit. Then they get slammed with something, and then they're, they're, they're trying to cover it or smooth talk over it, but they're hurting behind the scenes. Mm, be very, very careful about speaking against anything in the Word of God. Even if you don't understand it, just don't touch it. Don't touch it. We don't have to act like experts like we know everything in the Bible. <laughs> Some people do. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. 
For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of the Lord, uh, the word of Elijah, and she and her he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which you spoke by Elijah. Let me highly state and emphasize that this miraculous act has been repeated so many times throughout church history, uh, not even ancient Israel history, but, but throughout church, church history, uh, I would say thousands upon thousands upon thousands of times. Because this is a miracle that God loves to do to provide for his people who trust in him and also know how to give sacrificial offerings when the spirit calls for something. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. We do today have what I would call like hybrid type preachers that criticize stories like this in the Bible. And they think, oh, that's just old times and stuff like that. And they, they, uh, they laugh. I've literally heard them laugh when talking about the hundredfold return. Well, who's ever even had that happen? I mean, this is just like, like make-believe stories and stuff like that. Well, you might be thinking, well, Pastor Stephen, like, what's a hybrid preacher? Well, let me, get, let me explain it. Let me put a picture up on the screen. A picture's worth a thousand words, right? Let me put some uh, hybrid grapes up on the screen for you. Take a look at that just for a moment. Those are grapes. They're hybrid. And these grapes, my friends, have no seeds in them. They have no seeds in them. Kind of like some preachers. They've got the seed of salvation. That bore fruit. But some other seeds, like seeds of revelation, uh, they're just not there for some reason. Uh, but a hybrid, a hybrid is very different. Now, you might be thinking like the hybrid grape. How did it become? How did it become like this? I mean, if it has no seeds, how do you even grow it? Well, you certainly couldn't regrow it because it doesn't have any seeds. I mean, you can't like take it and plant it in the ground. There's no seeds in it. So how did they get it like that in the first place? Well, you would take about, you know, like four or five inches of the grapevine, and then you would, you would take a part of that and stick it into like a soup like a, a bowl of enzymes and proteins. And then out of that, a new stem will grow. But what grows on that new stem would be grapes with no seeds. And this can be done with watermelons. We have watermelons today with no seeds. So in some ways, it's almost like you can have believers that don't have seeds of truth in them. They're like hybrid in a way. But you have to remember the problem is that hybrid seeds don't reproduce. They can't. <laughs> they literally don't have any seeds in them. And even if there are seeds, like some seedless watermelons still have little white type seeds, but they can't reproduce. They, can, they can't grow anything. Mm -mm. This is what you need to know. Seedless grapes or seedless watermelons, seedless fruit and vegetables, they have fewer vitamins and minerals in them. They also contain less fiber. So when you eat them, they don't clean your body and flush your body out effectively like real fruit does. Also, the lack of seeds means that there are fewer antioxidants, fewer phytonutrients, and also way fewer of the anti-inflammatory properties like those found in grapes. Praise the Lord.
Let's go over just for a moment. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's go to verse 28. Then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. We've left all. Peter had the seed of the word that had been sown into him, and he knew we, we have. We've put everything, Lord, in your basket. We are banking completely on you. You know, something that's hybrid doesn't want to do that. And, and they just watched the, the guy that had the title. He's been given the title. You know, if you look at the story in the Bible, it's called the story of the rich young ruler, the guy that said no to Jesus and walked away. And Peter saw that. And he's like saying, uh, he didn't give it up, but we did. We all did. We gave up literally everything. I mean, we walked away literally from our businesses and, and stuff like that. So like, what's in it for us? Very interesting. Praise the Lord. We, you want to have the real thing. The, the problem with like uh, a lot of the foods we have today in America, they are GMO-based foods. That means genetic, genetically modified organism. And it's something where science has come along and has changed it, where it now has no seeds or whatever the case might be. And they're literally, they're tampering with the DNA code of that plant, either taking something out of its code or taking something from another plant and inserting that new code into it that maybe make it more disease or bug tolerant or something like that. But it's weird science. And they have shown over the years that that GMO type foods, they can have uh, allergic reactions for people that have allergy problems. And a lot of that can be based on eating those types of foods. It's genetically changed. So you think you're eating something, but it's been altered. And uh, it has been proven in some cases to cause cancer because a lot of those foods are sprayed with crops or excuse me, a lot of those crops are, sp are sprayed with like insecticides that are very, very lethal and dangerous. It's a long story, but you know, if you eat organic, which is the way God created it to be, then uh, you're going to be safe in a sense. Just pray over your food, bless your food, need it and enjoy it. And that's the way God had it. It's all got seeds in it. Praise God. You know, when I was a young boy growing up, and working uh, in the backyard of my grandparents' house uh, down in Mississippi. And, you know, we had everything there. We had all, all kinds of strawberries and cantaloupe and watermelon and all kinds of beans and just, just it was a huge garden. But, you know, somebody's got to go out there and hoe it and keep the weeds out. Me and my brothers would do that. And, but we would certainly enjoy all the food. But, you know, we had no idea when we were like eight or nine years old and we we're doing all that work that we were actually eating food that would be considered high end, like health food store type food. It was all organic. <laughs> no, we, we couldn't afford any pesticides to spray or anything like that. All, we would just hoe it and try to keep bugs off of it, you know, but it was all organic and it was all really good. Amen. Which is why you could take a strawberry back then and still today from an organic type farm and eat it. And it's, it'll, it'll have that almost like a healthy, like sting or buzz to it, which is a, uh, you know, the a wonderful experience, but you could eat some of these like gas inflated, gas bloated strawberries you put on the market today. And you, they look so good. And they've also, some of them had been GMO'd and while you, you eat it and you're like, this doesn't even have any flavor. <laughs> it looks, looks amazing. And it, it does have, it doesn't have any flavor. It's disgusting. <laughs> Woo. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
Amen. Stick with the word. My friends, the pure, uh, unadulterated, unwatered-down word of God, stick with the word. It will produce the most amazing results in your life. Praise God. Now, verse 27, But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. Now this this is how this is how some today that don't believe in seed time and harvest sowing and reaping this is how some today if they could have stepped in to the place of Jesus and said Jesus step aside for a moment I'll answer Peter and if they would have answered Peter when Peter would have said see we have left all and followed you they would have said now Peter that's just what God expects of you and you need to be willing to make a sacrifice and not expect anything in return. You just be happy that God smiles upon you and that God loves you. And he's thinking, uh, how am I going to feed my family? Uh, I walked away from my fishing business. What, I mean, what, uh, is this all there is? That guy walks away and what, what's going on around here? <laughs> So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one that includes you. There is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. I dare you to say it. Say hundredfold now. Pastor Stephen, when we get to heaven, we'll get it. You don't need it when you get to heaven. What are you going to do with it in heaven? Go buy a new pair of shoes in heaven? <laughs> use it to evangelize. Yes, Pastor Stephen, I'll use it to evangelize. There, there's nobody to evangelize in heaven. You need it now. You need the hundredfold now in this earth. Mm -hmm. I, I could tell some stories. I could tell some more. So, sometimes people get a little jealous. And I don't say too much sometimes all on YouTube. Sometimes in maybe smaller circles or meetings, I sometimes might get a little more free. Sometimes, though, people on YouTube get a little bit jealous. <laughs> but maybe it's good for them. Mm -mm. They need to know that not everybody's mediocre wanting to live off the, the lowest level possible. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There are those that not only believe it, but experience the hundredfold return. I've had it happen multiple times in my life. Praise God. And I, I believe for it. Amen. Who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the ages to come. Oh, so there's more later? Yeah, this is just getting you started. This gets you through this life and then there's more later. And in the ages to come, eternal life. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, there's persecutions. You know, I think about one minister, very godly minister, uh, who teaches, just like what I'm teaching, you know, teaches the truth so that people can be blessed. But you'll always have those that they're not spiritual, so they don't understand it, so they criticize it. And uh, one day this minister said he had gotten, gotten a lot of criticism. And some of the things he said that were spoken about him were so bad that they were lies, uh, but he said it hurt his feelings, and it said it made him cry. And he said he cried all the way to the bank, and he made another deposit, made a pretty big deposit, 
And suddenly he said he didn't, just didn't feel like crying anymore. <laughs> and I believe that's the way it is as you walk with the Lord and the blessings. The, see, wisdom has children. Jesus said they will, truth is justified by her children. Wisdom has proofs. And so there's something about your, your children that make you happy. There's something about the proofs and the blessings of God working in your life. You say, well, there is some persecution, but thank God the hundredfold is working in my life and God is blessing me and I'm so happy. I'm not even tuned into that other stuff. And even if somebody would say something bad, I just pray for them and bless them and I just keep on going. Amen. Walk in the blessing. Walk in the blessing. Praise God. Now, I see many of you being barrier breakers. You have to be very, very focused to be a barrier breaker. You have to get into the seed lab with God. You have to get, uh, in many ways, to break barriers, you have to sow seeds you've never sown before. You have to sow a barrier breaking seed. Don't be surprised if nobody in your family has ever, ever, ever done this before even if they went to church, even if they shouted hallelujah in church, ran around, even if they fell out in church and rolled on the carpet. Don't be shocked if nobody ever in the history of your family lineage has ever given a $1,000 offering. You would probably be the first one in your family. You, you could, let's, I'll whisper this one. You could possibly be the first one within the last 200 years of your family lineage to ever have done something like this. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. So if you want to break into new realms of blessing, you have to sow, you have to sow seeds you have never sown before. Praise God. And you do realize there are some Christians that are seedless, just like these hybrid grapes. They, they, they can't get into this. Because why? The seed of this truth has never been sown into their heart. Some ways I feel sad for them. Why? Nobody's ever taught them. Nobody's ever taught them. Praise God. But I would feel like I'm ripping you off if I don't teach you these things. I would feel like I'm defrauding you if I know this and I don't teach it to you because I might be embarrassed of what somebody might say. no. I'm going to please God. I'm going to serve the Lord so that you have opportunity to sow seed. I know what it's like. I sat in church for decades, grew up in churches decades. I never heard one teaching ever on sowing seed. Not one, ever. And you could look across the congregation and you could see, you could see how life was just putting the hurt on people. You could see how the fallen world system was hitting the believers in the church, all saved, all singing, all on their way to heaven, but looking like we'd all gotten run over with the steamroller. Praise God. But the preacher didn't know. And you can't share what you don't have revelation of. So I share these things with you so that you and God can work together. You can have your own seed bank. And you can go into the seed lab and say, Lord, what do, what do I need to sow to have a breakthrough in this area? Praise God. Now, on October the 1st, 2023, is the Feast of Tabernacles. And I want you to sow your best seed. The monies that come in, we are going to use to pay off the remaining balance on the Field of Dreams, which is where our new television studio is going to be built at. And out of that, the gospel will reach all over the world. 
but I want that land paid off. I want that land debt-free, praise God. And I know God does too. I want to encourage you to sow your best seed. Sow a dream seed so that the dream that you have, the dream that God has given you can come to pass and be wise. Realize that if this is the size dream you have, you can't reach it with a seed that's not appropriate for that. You have to sow the right seed. Praise God. Get that seed into the soil. I want you to get it in either on Sunday, if you're going to bring it in online, or if you're going to mail it in, uh, get it in a few days early so that it can arrive. I'm going to be praying over the Feast of Tabernacle Seeds. Do your very best. Praise God. And watch how God will work the 100-fold return in your life, which is God's best maximum harvest off of the seed you sow. And I believe there's going to be such extraordinary favor that will touch your life because there are doors that money can't get you into. There are some doors that only divine favor can open for you. And God's going to cause doors to open for many of you, that doors that are so unusual that people will wonder how in the world did you end up standing there? How did you get into that opportunity? And it takes the Lord to do it. Watch what God's going to do for you. I know you're going to be smiling. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And you're you're going to be so glad that you sowed your seed because God's going to show up and show off strong for you. Now, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching this. The seed of your word has been sown into their heart. And Father, I thank you that while they understand economics, I thank you that I pray that they understand seedonomics. I pray that the, the law of seed time and harvest out of Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, be something that they realize is eternal and that they can work it. They can work it. Father, we thank you that the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of your spirit, identified money as being seed. And the Macedonians sowed their way out of poverty into a place of being contributors. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the lifting up of your people. If they have not yet sown their seed, help them to get it ready. Lord, give them the seed to sow. We thank you that you give seed to the sower. We give you all of the praise. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Let's all say amen. If you're watching today's program and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, God God wanted a family. He had a son, but he wanted a family. So what did he do? The Bible says that Jesus was a seed sown into the earth, and he is the firstborn or the first fruits of many brethren. So because God sowed his son, and his son was resurrected from the dead and now sits at the right hand of God, God has a family, sons and daughters, billions of believers. I'm one of them. If you would like to come into the family of God, ask Jesus to save you right now. He will. I'm going to lead you in prayer. If you used to serve the Lord, but maybe you got tangled up in some things and uh, you sowed some bad seeds. Ever heard that saying, I'm sowing some bad seed? Hey, we can pray for a crop failure and you can come back to God right now. God will forgive you. Okay? I want you to pray this prayer also. Let's pray. Say, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. Come into my heart right now. Wash all of my sins away. Thank you. Thank you, O God. And cover me. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you not just wash them away. Cover, cover them. Cover them. Protect me. Thank you, O God. Now, Lord Jesus, write my name in your book of life. 
thank you and step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray, amen and amen. Welcome to the family of God, serving with all of your heart. It is the greatest joy in life. Now, let's take Holy Communion. If you haven't done so before, grab some unleavened bread, grab some grape juice. Let's pray over it. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. Through this prayer, we bless it and set it apart as being holy. We thank you that this is the body and the blood of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Now, Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we thank you for the truth in your word. We thank you we embrace it, all of it, even if it challenges us, even if perhaps we realize uh, what it entails to be a disciple. Father, we embrace the truth. We thank you we will now receive the body of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What's the greatest seed you've ever sown? You don't have to tell me. What's the greatest seed, though, that you've ever sown? And you could say, God, I want to break a barrier. I want to give an amount I've never given before. You know, God does give seed to the sower. It's amazing. It's amazing. Praise the Lord. Watch what he's going to help you do. Watch what he's going to help you do. Because some of you need a big seed to get to where you want to go. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Father, this message is really challenging some. It's really challenging some of your people uh, concerning the, the, the power of your word. It's, 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 it's really uh, like a sobering up for some because it's causing them to really think, do I really want this destiny? Do I really want this dream? Like I've told others that I do. Because, Father, they're seeing the path forward, and they're seeing the cost, and they're, they're seeing uh, the actions that are required to bring forth manifestation. And it's, it's a little bit of a sobering reality. Father, I pray that every spiritual air castle and every fairy tale that they have listened to collapse, that the Word will give them solidity and strength, the clear path towards their dreams. I thank you, Father God. No more make-believe, wishful talking, but not appropriating the word. I thank you, Father, that your people are working the principles of seedonomics, sowing and reaping, and they're going to see. They're going to see their dream come to pass. Hallelujah. Now, Father, we give you all of the praise. We thank you for the blood of Jesus in Jesus' name. Let's receive. Amen. Woo! Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Praise God. Amen. Thank you for getting your seed ready. Hallelujah. I will be praying over every Feast of Tabernacle offering that comes in. God's going to do something special for you. I, I feel your, your heart's burning with passion. You have a, have a heart for souls. You have a heart for souls, and that's, that's, the, key. that's the key of what we're after. Praise the Lord. So thank you for your giving. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you back real soon. Have a great week. Bye-bye.